Spencer Coburn's The Bald Truth. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. Hey, caller. You made it. Hi. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you could hear me. My, uh, my audio might be messed up, but if you can hear me, that's all good. It's very good. So what's happening? Yep. All right. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, I'm calling from London at the moment. Um, and I just had a, it's actually quite a quick question. I don't have a, uh, a long story or anything, but Thank God. I'm 23. Uh, <laughs> I'm quite early to the, the hair loss thing. Uh, and I noticed it when I was 22 a few months ago. Wow. Uh, I've been researching it for sorry, about sorry, eight months. Sorry to hear it. I'm glad that you found this so early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what I think. I think I'm quite fortunate to have caught it this early. Um, cause I've been quite conscious of it and i knew that i needed to act on it earlier if i wanted to stop it i didn't really want to i know some guys are not as as fortunate to uh to find it as early and and they wish they could go back but i think of course it had the perfect age um but essentially um what my problem is is that um i'll give you a bit of backstory about where i've got to i've done research for about eight months uh on on how to keep it um i'm about Mm -hmm. I don't really know where I am on the Norwood scale. I know it's like one, 1.5 at the moment, I'd say. Um, so I've still got a, a full head of hair. You know what, you know what I love um, about that? that? That there is no 1.5 and everybody on, all these kids online have been calling, saying 1.5 for the last 15 years. But yeah, I know what you're saying. 2.5. Right? We, we get the picture. Yeah. Really, hair loss isn't, isn't really that visible or it's not categorized until you're at a two. Just so you know. Oh, okay. So you're, you're in good right. shape. Okay. All right, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. I think at the moment, I think. Yeah. I can, um, if anything, I can see like my hair going back a tiny bit, which is, um, yeah, so it's def- I got it diagnosed as well. So it's definitely uh, uh, yeah. androgenic. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I started my, I noticed my hair shedding, which is what caused me to go to the dermatologist, essentially. And um, mm-hmm. Eventually, long story short, I, I built up the courage to try finasteride, uh, three milligrams a week, uh, just to spread it out, just to see how my body coped. And um, I didn't think anything of it. Obviously, I went down the rabbit hole of, of the, the horror stories, but I decided to um, just jump into it anyway um, and, and just see how I, how I got on. And for the first month, it was great. Like I had a, a boost in testosterone, I think, because my libido went up. It's pretty common. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. I felt confident. I felt I was on on the, on the road to. I just didn't even think about it really. But then, um, I don't know if it was the side effects that started to come in a bit later. Because on the second month, um, uh, I had a bit of sexual side effects, um, and things started to plateau a bit, and my stress started to to rise a bit. And one thing that can't be placebo was gyno, and I started to get that that uh, feeling in my nipple. Yeah. Um, that's probably the thing that, that ruined it for me in terms of like my progression because I, I decided to come off um, purely because I didn't want gyno, and I know that's, that that's a, that's a, a, a common. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff and and the experiences that we were hearing about twenty years ago. So I mean, what you, Spencer, it, real quick, I got to jump away. Switch camera off me. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So yeah, I mean, I absolutely understand why you would get off, and it was smart to make that move. And obviously, well, I'm not going to say obviously, but how are you feeling since you've been off the drug? Not emotionally, but physically. Physically, it was fine. It pretty much stopped. The sensation stopped as soon as I came off it. And um, that was reassuring. And I sort of hope, I'm annoyed that I didn't taper down because I think a lower dose could potentially have helped it a bit. But 
yeah, essentially, I came off of it, the nipple sensation stopped, and the lump that was forming sort of went away. Yeah. Um, I did have it a bit when I was a teenager, but that sort of went away as well. It wasn't anything drastic. And that's interesting that you, um, st- that you just said that, because, again, you know, this is not the gospel, people, but based on people who have contacted me for the last 23 years, um, that is one thing that seems to be relatively common, that a lot of the guys that experience, or some of the guys who experience gyno from the use of finasteride, when they think back, they had some degree of gyno uh, during puberty, um, and usually it reversed on its own. So maybe that you're just genetically predisposed to it. Um, that's that's a possibility. But go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, so I came off of it, and um, annoyingly, I didn't get baseline blood works to sort of check my estrogen, but I got them after. Um, everything seemed normal, so there was no scares there. But around the same time, around the second month, uh, I had, I think, ED issues, but I think that might have been purely stress-related. Yeah. Uh, but what my question is, is that, I, annoyingly, I feel like, because I've called it earlier, I've done everything right, I've, I've found, uh, I've, I've, I've built up the courage to go on this medicine, but I'm not getting the results. You know, I, I feel like I fall into the 1% and I'm quite unlucky. So without the main drug being finasteride, I think, because I'm so young, I'm only 23, is there a point in, in committing to minoxidil? And I feel like that's the only effective drug that I, that I should really be on. And if that doesn't work for me, then I don't think there's a lot of hope, which is disheartening because, of, you know, I've put the work in and done the research, but I'm not really getting that, that uh, the result that I, I'd like to be getting, you know? Well, that's, that's a good question. And I can tell you that, you know, once you start down the minoxidil road, um, some people... A lot of people will experience kind of a telogen effluvium or a shed when they start it. I'm sure you've read about that. And mm-hmm. there seems to be a relatively uh, short lifespan as far as just using minoxidil in, in, in kind of keeping or, or you know, uh, the, the, you know, having the cessation of, of hair loss. You may maintain what you have in the areas that you're applying the minoxidil for a couple of years. It could be something that you maintain for five years or, or more. But unless you're hitting it at the hormonal level, it's not going to be a long-term fix. And that's, again, right. I'm, not, I'm not a physician, but that's just based on all the experience that I have over the last 20, almost 25 years. I see. So would, so I don't know if you're familiar with the Belgravia Clinic in London. Sure, I'm, I'm familiar with mm-hmm. it. Um. I called them. I didn't use any of their services or pay. I just called them for professional advice because it's quite hard to seek because obviously GPs over here aren't too familiar with with sound advice. You know, I wanted to hear from a professional, so I, I, I wanted to speak to to someone that's been dealing with finasteride and, and with hair loss and stuff. If you know, sure. What I, mean. I think that was a said, smart move. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I, they basically I explained my situation, what I've said to you guys, and, and they said to me that we wouldn't advise you to go on a lower dose because what I was considering is 0.25 every day because if I don't have aggressive hair loss right now, surely a lower dose would um, stabilize it in a way. I noticed my hair shedding stopped when I was on it and that was obviously a plus, but the side effects started to kick in. So I don't know if there's point in, in going on a lower dose at all. Well, they don't want to advise you to go on a lower dose because they, they feel that there might be some sort of liability for them. And I think it's important mm-hmm. that you actually see Seek the advice of a of a of a 
MD or a physician as well, uh, just so that, you know, there's going to be a hell of a lot less concern about liability for them to give you medical advice than a company that has doctors, but, you know, that's providing you information as uh, as an advisor, you know, uh, if someone just picking up the phone. And I don't know if you spoke to a doctor at Belgravia, but... Probably not, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard. I didn't ask what she actually did, but she sounded like she knew what she was talking about. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. probably does. I mean, because <laughs> she's been in the industry for so long, or she's been around around the industry, and she's in that business. But it doesn't mean that she was a physician. But it's possible that she was. Um, I know it's difficult in the UK and dealing with your GP or dealing with. I mean, but uh, you might want to speak to a dermatologist, or you may want to see a hair loss specialist in your area, whether they're a hair transplant surgeon, uh, physician who specializes in hair loss and prescribes for an asteroid, those are the people that you want to speak to, uh, to kind of right, yeah. to give you some really solid advice and based also based on their experience. Remember, it's, it's, the it's called the practice of medicine for a reason. And everyone's practice is slightly different. Everyone's experience is different. And if you go to a hair transplant surgeon who has a lot of experience prescribing finasteride, they may be able to say, you know what, we had a case very similar to yours, and we titrated this patient onto this amount, and he was fine, or it didn't work out, whatever. So that's kind of the information that I think you're going you're to need to get. But if you're asking my advice, you know, look, you already had side effects. You got away with it essentially clean by stopping the drug. That's, that's great. Uh, it's probably unlikely, given your experience, that you're going to experience anything differently than you've already experienced, meaning that if you got on it and then you've had side effects and got off it, you'd probably be fine. But it is possible to experience less side effects or maybe no side effects by lowering your dosage. So that thought process is right that you have. But you've got to talk to a doctor about it, you know, and you have to also, you know, consider your options. I mean, could you live your life? without your hair? Or could you live your younger life with a noticeably receding hairline? Or, you know, I mean, how would you feel if you decided to do nothing and let it go? Would you be able to function and enjoy your life? I mean, at first, it was like, quite a, a surprise. And it, I didn't take it very well emotionally, like, as any young guy does, as they notice it, you know, it's quite... Um, quite an experience to go through but the, the more i've been looking into it and stuff and finding out that the the main drug just doesn't suit me then i've come to terms with it um it's going to be like a long battle regardless of what i do um so yeah i don't know um i i'm not i don't want to give up yet i want to keep trying and stuff but i i've i've stayed clear of monoxidil purely because i know that Okay, well, high maintenance. It, it is yeah. high maintenance, and I, I, I honestly mm -hmm. don't think it's great for the long term, but that's, again, I'm not a doctor. It's just based on my personal experience and the experience of countless people have called us over the years. Uh, one of our members in the chat room said that um, since you're in the UK, you may want to contact um, Spencer Stevenson or Specs to see any physicians he, he may recommend as far as you speaking to them as well. Okay. You know, um, but... You know, there are some, you can go to the IHRS.org and you can find a couple of docs who are in uh, in the UK. Uh, and you might want to pick up the phone and give them a call. And you'll find someone, you know, they have some really good advisors who can provide you with information. You can actually, you know, depending on where you are in the country, you could probably go see them as well. 
But yeah, speak yeah, to in London. Yeah, then it should, it would be fine. So speak to a doctor about it. But if you want to keep moving forward, you know what your options are, and you have to figure out if it's worth taking another chance and using a lower dosage and seeing how you do with that. And only yeah, you can, yeah, only you can make that decision. But there's really what yeah. else do we have? We have we have Dutastride. You have PR, PRP, which yeah, the right PRP can work for the right for you know if you're the right candidate and if you're going to the right clinic. However, you know that is a situation where you're going to have to continue the process twice a year, one depending on on who's providing it, and that can cost you several thousand pounds every time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's uh, it can get quite expensive, especially the bulk gravia. They charge about half. They 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 um they they send an email to me about half a grand to to a grand a year just to take finasteride and then monoxidil cream, which I didn't really want to do. So I have one more question for you. Did you use brand name Propecia or were you using generic finasteride? Generic, generic. Okay. Well, listen, you know, you could, you should talk to your, when you speak to your physician, it's possible that you might want to try brand name. It's going to be more expensive, but it's possible that you might have a better experience on that. You could have a worse experience too, but you know, when you're talking about the brand, at least you know what you're getting. 100% of the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I'll try that. I've just got one more question about SSRIs and and how they might intervene with it and and have... uh, Sure. Is is it recommended to be on SSRIs before or during or, you know, whilst taking finasteride? Because I know there's side effects of depression and stuff, and I'm not really sure. Sure, do you want to answer or do you want me to? Um, well, I, I think I think the obvious thing is uh, first and foremost, we're not doctors. But secondly, I think is is just as important is this is something that I personally don't feel comfortable discussing. I, I only because I, it's such a, a touchy subject. And and you're you're talking about how um, you mentioned some side effects with finasteride can include um, depression and and issues like that. So I don't know. I mean, it's it, I. I'm not real comfortable getting into that as far as as far as answering that specific question, maybe to your satisfaction. I mean, if Spencer wants to add something; it's fine. But uh, that's something I now you're I, scaring I me. Prefer throwing to a doctor. No, it's just I mean, when, I mean when we're talking about something, it's a serious subject, and I I think that um, each each case is very unique um, with with how one reacts to SSRIs. Uh, with how people react to finasteride, and then when you uh, have both of them in the same in the same mix, there's the question: Are you taking would, SSRI? We've already now? got a lot of questions. Are you currently on antidepressants? Yeah, so I took him for I'd say about three years, came off of it, and then started to go on recently again, and and that was another argument for why I potentially shouldn't really be on it from the Belgravia. So, I mean, I was comfortable on it. Um, I'm not scared of them; like I haven't really got any side effects. Unless like maybe a little bit of libido uh, change, but other than that, like I, I just didn't know if it was. It's not really spoken about, and usually when I type it in, it comes up with the so, PFS Foundation. So, so you were, so, you were, so you were, yeah. So you were taking it. You were taking before you noticed your hair loss. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you know. So so, all I can tell you is that um, when I was younger, um, around your age, I was on some. I was put on some old school 
tricyclic antidepressants. And actually, I was on SSRI, like the first generation, for a very short period of time. My heavy depression started when I started to notice my hair loss at 21. And I chose personally to, you know, get off of them because I, I wasn't feeling, it, they weren't making me feel terrific. So for me, it was like, you know what? I'm going to have to deal with whatever I have to deal with and move on. So I was lucky enough to start finasteride while I was not on any other medication. So I can't give you any personal advice on that, but I can tell you that, you know, the more medication that you put into your body, and this is just common sense, the greater the possibility that you're going to react to whatever is in your body. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. 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 I get you. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just haven't really explored it much. I didn't know if it was like a, a talked about subject or anything, but it makes sense. So but the, I'll just, I, uh, I consider that when well, I take it. All I can tell you is that according to the literature there, you know, finasteride itself does not have any other drug interaction, but that's just based on the literature. Every, mm. Everybody's unique physiology will dictate how they respond to drugs. So you need to speak to your doctor about that, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. All right, yeah. That's, I won't take up any more of your time. You've, you've helped me a lot. So thanks for the advice. And well, well, listen, good luck. And let us no know worries. what you decide to do. I mean, I, I'm interested. And look, you're early, these are early days, as they say in the UK. So, um, you know, you still have options. Um, so just, you know, just hang in there and, and, and yeah. find a good doctor. Yeah, I just don't want to you know, five years down the line, say that, why didn't I, I act upon it? Which is what a lot of people usually say. So, like, I feel like I'm, I'm sort of pressured in a way to make a decision now to, to, you know, keep as much as I can. Well, I understand that. I would say speak to somebody who has a lot of experience, a physician, not someone who's just selling products or services. You know, I think Belgravia, they provide a service and they've been providing the service for a long time. But if you can actually sit down and speak to a doctor who... Mm -hmm you know, who will take the time with you, even if you have to pay for the consultation and say you just want to find an asteroid consultation, you want to be able to speak to them about your experience. Speak to someone who prescribes this um, as, as an MD a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that then. Okay. I'll, I'll call back if anything changes or, you know. Yeah, we're here for you, man. Yeah, let us know what happens. Good luck. Nice one. Thank take you, Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Ball Truth. You know, the broadcast streams live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. If you'd like to watch the show or see us in studio, call us live, ask any questions. If you have any concerns, if you just want to vent, you can check us out on Joe Tillman's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash hair transplant mentor. Or you can watch and listen to us live on theballtruth.com. 